Thanks, William. <clears throat> so we often work hard to define the line between what we want and what we need. I'll hear my kids say, I need that toy, or I need to see that TV show. And my response is often, you may want that, but you don't really need that, do you? That sounds kind of familiar. You may have heard yourself saying that before or heard that said to you. And uh, sometimes I feel like the want-need determination is like calling balls and strikes in a, in a baseball game. Uh, I need that video game. No, that's a want. I need to see that movie. No, that, that's a want too. I need to go to the bathroom. Okay, now that's a need. Uh, but it is important for us to distinguish between what we want and what we need. The world is full of attempts to convince us that we need something when we're just fine without it. In fact, we're often better without it. Commercial advertising and marketing strives, us, tr strives to push us from the category of want into the category of need in order to convince us to, to buy something. When it comes to the Word of God, however, the passage we are studying today shows, shows us that we should approach it with both want and need. We need the Word for spiritual sustenance and growth, but we must also long for the Word to develop that growth. So the, the verses we'll be looking at this evening are, are found in 1 Peter chapter 2. In the Bibles around you, you can find this passage on page 1014. Let's turn there now and look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. The focal point of these verses is the pure spiritual milk in verse 2. So this evening, we'll look at five questions surrounding that focus. First, what is the pure spiritual milk? Second, what do we do with it? Third, what keeps us from it? Fourth, what does it do for us? And fifth, why should we want it? So first, let's start by looking at the core question. What is the pure spiritual milk? Verse 1 begins with so, which you might see in your translation as therefore. This is a connecting term that shows us that the current passage is building off of a, a prior passage. So for context on what Peter is referring to when he talks about the pure spiritual milk, we can look back to chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Let's look there now. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. 
The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Peter here is speaking to believers in Christ, those who have placed their trust in Jesus for salvation and have been born again into new life in him. The first few verses of 1 Peter chapter 2 reach back into this discussion of the new life that believers enjoy through the word of God. These verses remind believers that God's living and abiding word is the imperishable seed of our salvation. That God's word is the source of our new life in Jesus, the incarnate word, as well as the source of our spiritual growth. The so, or, or therefore, at the beginning of chapter 2, connects back to this new life through the word and provides a jumping off point for the passage we are studying. This connection to the word of God is highlighted by the Greek word for spiritual in verse 2, logikos. This is closely related to logos, the Greek term for word. In fact, your, your Bible may actually translate this phrase as pure milk of the word. In this way, some translations make the connection to God's word more explicit. So what is the pure spiritual milk in verse 2? It is the word of God. Let's turn to our second question. What are we supposed to do with the pure spiritual milk? Peter's answer, we should long for it. We should desire it. We should crave the word. Look at verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. We are commanded to long for God's word like newborn infants. This is powerful imagery. As a father of five, this image resonates with me. One of the most amazing and awesome things I will ever experience is seeing each of my kids, moments after birth, in their mother's arms, nursing for the first time. They go from crying and totally helpless to eagerly, eagerly satisfying the one longing that they know for milk. This is a simple desire. It's a first desire. It is a strong, needful, and all-consuming desire. It's the ultimate combination of want and need. And we are commanded to desire the Word of God in this same way. The Bible is full of images of longing for God's Word as we long for nourishing food. For example, in, in Job 23, verse 12, we read, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. And in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. But here, the image of the newborn longing for milk has an additional layer. It's not just longing for yet another meal to satisfy our hunger and help us grow. It's a foundational longing 
for nourishment that keeps us alive in a way that nothing else can. Notice also that this verse is formulated as a command. It's not a description of the spiritual believer as the one who longs for God's word. It's a command to long for the word. Now it may seem strange that we are commanded to desire something. We may think like I often do, the reason I'm not following through on this command is because I don't really have that desire right now. And, and that thinking is a recipe for giving up. But God, when God gives us commands, he also is there to give us the power to fulfill them. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 11, it says, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. So when you don't quite have the desire for God's word, the solution, desire it. Pray for God's strength to carry out this command. Dig into the word and then dig some more. We should also recognize that this command is not just for new Christians. The imagery of a newborn longing for milk does not mean Peter is only talking to the newly converted. The focus is on how we approach the word, not who should approach the word. We should all long for the word in this way. And on that note, if you're not a believer in Christ, you too should read and search God's word. If you have questions about what it means to be born again, the answers are in God's word. We see there that God sent his only son, Jesus, the word made flesh to live a perfect life in this world. He died on the cross, taking on and becoming sin, and then rose again to life, defeating sin and death. This is what provides new and eternal life to those who place their trust in Jesus as their savior. If you have questions about this, dig into the word to find out more about Jesus. Ask somebody you came with or someone sitting next to you. They would be pleased to talk to you about this. So what are we supposed to do with the pure spiritual milk that is God's word? We're to long for it. So let's move on to our third question. What keeps us from the pure spiritual milk? Look at chapter 2, verse 1. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. What's the connection between avoiding these sins and the pure spiritual milk? Look back again at chapter 1, verse 22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. What's the directive in this passage? After your obedience to truth, love one another from a pure heart. Chapter 2, verse 1 then lists several sinful attitudes that are contrary to truth and love, all of which keep us 
from the pure spiritual milk of God's word. Malice refers to general wickedness or wrongdoing that seeks to destroy truth and love. Deceit, hypocrisy, and slander refer to actions that battle against truth. They are also contrary to love by puffing ourselves up or taking others down through lies. Envy attacks love by, puffing, by uh, resenting the prosperity and goodness that others enjoy. We should put away these sins and strive for sincere love. And this is not a one-time event. This is a continuing command to put these sins away so that we are not kept from God's pure word of truth and love. So what keeps us from the pure spiritual milk of God's word? Those things that are contrary to truth and love. Our fourth question is, what is the result of longing for pure spiritual milk? Looking again at verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. On a first read, grow up into salvation may be a surprising phrase. Does this mean that we need to do something to continue to earn our salvation? And if we don't, we might lose it? No. And we can see that from the immediate context. Look at chapter 1, verse 23. And there, Peter reminds believers that we are born again, not of a perishable word, a perishable seed, but imperishable. Also, that we are born again through the living and abiding word, not our own works. So what does it mean to grow up into salvation? Peter uses this phrase to focus on a couple of key aspects of a believer's life. The phrase grow up in salvation looks forward to the day that we are ultimately rescued from our sins. Though believers are saved now, Peter recognizes that we look forward to the guarantee of our future salvation. This is a common theme for Peter. If you look at chapter 1, starting at verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And skip to verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Spiritual growth is a component of final salvation. And longing for the word promotes this spiritual growth. We should also recognize that being born again doesn't mean that the end of spiritual growth. 
the images of being born again, the seed, newborn infants longing for the pure spiritual milk, these describe the beginning of growth, not an end point. This is describing the process of sanctification, how the believer grows to conform to the image of Christ. So what is the result of longing for the pure spiritual milk of God's word? Continued growth in Christ-likeness. Our final question is, why should we long for the pure spiritual milk? Let's look again at verses 2 and 3. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. We can see that this verse is a clear reference to Psalm 34, which Deepak Reggie preached on this morning. So let's turn and and read from Psalm 34, uh, which you can find on pages 463 to 464 of the Pew Bibles. I'll be looking at at verses 4 through 8. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. The general theme of this psalm is, when the righteous suffer, when those who fear the Lord face trials, God will deliver them. Similarly, 1 Peter is an encouragement to believers to stand strong in the face of suffering, recognizing God's goodness to them. So what's the connection between tasting that the Lord is good and the pure spiritual milk that we have been discussing? It's an exclamation point for the earlier command to long for God's word. Peter knew that his audience had suffered, and he had also seen, they had also seen God's goodness during that suffering. They had tasted the deliverance that God brings during hard times. In this way, the if indeed is not a simple conditional statement. It's not saying long for God's word, but only if you have experienced God's deliverance in your life. The if indeed is more of a confirmation of the earlier command. Peter is saying, long for the pure spiritual milk of God's word, crave for the sustenance of God's word, because I know that if you looked at your life, you would recognize that you have tasted God's goodness and how he carries you through difficulties. So why should we long for God's word? First, because it's a command. Second, because it leads to spiritual growth. 
but also in recognition of the sweet salvation that comes from God's Word through Jesus, the incarnate Word. Tasting that sweet deliverance should make us crave God's Word more. And craving God's Word more helps us grow in conformity to Christ's image, drawing us closer to the only one who can offer eternal deliverance. Let's pray. Father God, we worship you tonight. We declare that we long for your word. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. Thank you for sending him to rescue us from the internal punishment that we deserve because of our sins. If we just turn from our sins and place our trust in Jesus as our savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.